The summer of 1865 was stiflingly hot and London blistered under a heatwave. Sophia Bishop, a maidservant, marched into the offices of McGregor Barton Company, army agents. Bishop demanded to see the person dealing with the affairs of the late Dr. James Barry. Bishop said that she had laid out the body of Dr. Barry for burial, but that she'd never been paid for her work. In the confines of the office, Sophia Bishop went on to make a claim that rocked British medicine and military to the core. Dr. James Barry, Inspector General of Hospitals, the highest medical rank within the all-male British Army, was a woman, and given the stretch marks on her body, also a mother. If Sophia Bishop was telling the truth about Dr. James Barry, then a woman had posed as a man long enough to complete medical training, making her the first medically qualified woman in Britain. In addition, this woman had fooled the army into hiring her, and she'd kept her true sex a secret for over 50 years. Bishop's statement leaked out, and a major scandal ensued. No official statement was issued, and papers concerning Dr. Barry's entry to the army disappeared. Unusually for someone at this very high military rank, no obituary was published, and subsequent mentions of Barry in the newspapers were tied to the scandal of her gender. And sadly for years, that scandal has eclipsed her extraordinary humanitarian and scientific achievements. The earliest known record of the man who became Dr. James Barry was the registration of a student in 1809 at the University of Edinburgh. However, the story actually begins in County Cork. James Barry was born Margaret Bulkley, about 1789. When Margaret was 15, her father was sent to debtor's prison. Margaret and her mother were destitute. Facing starvation in Ireland, Margaret's mother, Mary Ann, decided to ask her brother for help. His name was James Barry. He was a very successful artist. He invited his sister and niece to stay with him. The artist had a very loyal and influential circle of friends, two of whom helped with Margaret's education. Her main tutor became Dr. Edward Fryer, a medical doctor and academic, and General Francisco Miranda, a Venezuelan soldier, scholar and writer, made available his famously extensive library of over 6,000 volumes to Margaret Bulkley. It is not clear when the idea of Margaret going to medical school was mooted, but one theory suggests that it may have been General Miranda's idea, as part of his vision for a new Venezuela. General Miranda was impressed by Margaret's academic ability and her maturity. She would train as a doctor and on graduation join him in Venezuela. However, if her ability was not an issue, there was one seemingly insurmountable problem. Women were barred from going to medical school. So General Miranda, Dr. Fryer, the artist James Barry and his sister, Mary Ann Bulkley, came up with the most daring conspiracy. Margaret Bulkley would disguise herself as a man to undergo medical training. On graduation, she would join General Miranda in Venezuela and revert to womanhood. So, in November 1809, Margaret Bulkley disappeared into her London home. A few days later, the dashing, if slightly effeminate, young James Miranda Stuart Barry emerged. In Edinburgh, Barry proved to be an excellent student and was one of only 20% of students who graduated. Apart from her daily classes, Barry also took night classes with Astley Cooper, one of the greatest surgeons of the day. Following this, Barry became a member of the Royal College of Surgeons. Her plans were all falling into place 
The next step was to get in contact with General Miranda and sail to Venezuela. But even the best laid plans can be foiled, and Barry's was about to be completely hamstrung. General Miranda had been captured by the Spanish and was in prison in Cadiz. So Margaret Bulkley, as Dr James Barry, joined the Army Medical Corps. Although a very risky thing to do, joining the Army would mean that she could get out of Britain, where she lived with the constant threat of being discovered. Barry was recruited to the Army Medical Service and posted to Plymouth, while she waited for Miranda to be released from prison. But things were to get worse. In 1816, General Miranda died, and the plan to revert to Margaret Bulkley lay in tatters. Dr James Barry closed the door on her female past forever and immersed herself in her work. Dr Barry was posted to the Cape of Good Hope, one of the British colonies. On her arrival, Barry introduced herself to the governor of the Cape, Lord Charles Somerset, and the pair became fast friends. There was very little medical infrastructure in the Cape, and Barry with her characteristic energy and enthusiasm worked tirelessly. Apart from daily surgeries, she began investigating the reform of the treatment of leprosy, and the resulting leper hospital became the first permanent specialized hospital at the Cape. In 1824, Barry refused to sign an apothecary license for a young man who had not been apprenticed in Europe. The young man in question was the son of one of the most powerful and influential doctors at the Cape, and Barry, still refusing to compromise on what she saw as the safety of patients, gained a lot of powerful enemies. Dr. Barry had been at the governor's side since her arrival in Cape Town. In 1824, Barry, still working in the guise of a man, was publicly accused of having a homosexual relationship with the governor. Somerset decided to return to England and face his accusers in Westminster. James Barry must have been devastated. Her world was turned upside down once again. In July 1826, Wilhelmina Munich, the wife of a local powerful Cape Town businessman, was due to have her first baby, but she was having difficulty. While the public had not forgotten the scandal of Barry and Lord Somerset, Dr Barry was unquestionably one of the best birthing doctors and Thomas Munich summoned her immediately. Barry acted quickly and decided to carry out a cesarean section, but in 1826 only six known cesarean sections had been performed in Europe, each of which resulted in the death of either the mother or the baby. For her part, Barry had probably never seen the operation. She would have only read of it as a possibility, but supplying Mrs Munich with some brandy and opium to dull the pain, Dr Barry confidently operated. Later that night, Barry delivered a baby boy. The event made history as both mother and son survived the operation, and it was the first known cesarean in Africa. By way of thanking Dr Barry, Thomas Munich called his newly born son James Barry Munich, and the tradition was carried in the family for over a century. One descendant, James Barry Munich Herzog, became prime minister of South Africa in 1924. In 1858, Barry was posted to Canada and promoted to Inspector General of Hospitals, the highest medical rank within the British Army. It was a very serious acknowledgement of her contribution to medicine. But now, aged 69, the Canadian winter took its toll. She suffered recurrent bouts of yellow fever and a serious attack of bronchitis. Barry returned to England and died in 1865. Some claim to have known all along that Dr James Barry was a woman. Some say that Barry was in fact a hermaphrodite.
part male, part female. The fact remains that there was no post-mortem, so only the testimony of Sophia Bishop exists, given four weeks after Dr. Barry's burial. So perhaps it is easy to understand the sensationalism around Barry's death. Was she, wasn't she? Did she have a child with Lord Somerset or not? Perhaps it is also easy to understand why the army reacted as it did, refusing to give any details of Barry's history. But it is unforgivable that Dr. Barry's achievements have been forgotten. Her life is distinguished by independence and determination, and her career by ability and brilliance. Irish-born Dr. James Barry was one of the 19th century's most remarkable doctors. <laughs>